Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever found yourself forming your reply as you listen to somebody talk? What I mean is, you're standing there listening to somebody, and pretty soon it's going to be your turn to talk, and you kind of quit listening to what they're actually saying because you're forming your reply, and you're just waiting for them to stop talking so you can reply. I imagine, (laughs) I don't have to imagine, that this is an election year in the United States that politically, perhaps, we're doing a virtual chat and we're talking about the the political parties and our preferences or our opinions. And likewise, you get to the point where it's like, I have a point to make that'll make what you're saying invalid, so I'm just not going to listen The reason I say that is the topic tonight, I'm really excited for this episode tonight. The topic tonight is the art of listening. And our guest tonight is Joshua Hathaway. Now, this interview was recorded a while back, so it's already in the can, and I'm just I'm I'm excited. I think it's going to be quite the conversation. But when you when you go to think about what you're going to say, I was thinking about this before the show, and there's you're say perhaps you're on a phone conversation or Zoom or whatever, and you're talking back and forth just as a regular conversation, and then there's then there's typing an email, and they might not get back to you immediately. So you can kind of settle down a little bit as far as a back-and-forth conversation and type. And I suggest perhaps that the old-school way of writing a letter by hand, where the sentences take longer to form, and and you're kind of percolating your perspective or what you want to say. And then I thought, have you ever been like cleaning the garage or cleaning out a closet on the weekend and and you start thinking about somebody that you're fond of, maybe your kids are off to college or um, your spouse is uh, traveling for business and you're there by yourself. And you go into a whole different layer of thinking where you're not forming sentences or paragraphs, you're forming chapters. I mean, I mean, you really kind of settle into a much deeper level of what you might perhaps want to convey. So tonight, this episode, The Art of Listening, is to be able to put down... Just set aside, just press pause on the reply side of things. In fact, 
maybe even let go of what you thought you were going to see and allow a, a whole new perspective to come to mind before you even start forming sentences again. This is this is a, a topic I, I really appreciate. Again, tonight the topic is the art of listening, and our guest tonight is Joshua Hathaway. Joshua is a leader and coach with a gift to gently and humorously dismantle the bullshit that's eclipsing your authentic joy. I like that. To transmit transformative communication skills and to facilitate breakthrough experiences that connect you more deeply to yourself, to your partner, and to your team. I think we should get right to it. Um, Let's go ahead and roll the episode. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Take a listen. Welcome to the show, Joshua. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Les. Thanks for having me. What a batshit crazy time to be alive. I mean, I don't. How can how can you how can you overstate the condition of humanity in in this year 2020? I don't think it's possible. It is a truly <laughs> wild time to be alive, boy. Well, first of all, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to have you on the show. And um, when we when we go to talk about the art of listening, what does that mean to you? Mm. Well, it has so many layers of meaning. But in essence, it's the art of coming right back here to this moment and noticing and tending to what is arising right here in this moment. And that most significant thing that we listen to deeply can be our own interior, our own body, our own heart, our longing, a dream or a vision. Or that thing that we listen to can be another human being and somebody who is pouring their heart out to us, no matter how skillfully or unskillfully they might be doing it. Or listening to the patterns and currents of life as they're flowing through a landscape, um, our collective field. There's so many things that we can listen to, but at the at the base of it, at the very root of it, it's a willingness to to let go of our stories and agendas and to tend with our attention to attend to what is happening right here, right now. Well, I know that listening isn't always easy, and sometimes listening is listening can be shallow the uh i held a men's group a while back and it always amazed me what would happen once you created a safe space for men to talk we'd use a talking stick 
and pass around the circle. And as long as you're holding the stick, everybody else needed to just be quiet. Yeah. And, you know, when we talk about the art of listening, I think before we even talk, we're evaluating whether we're being heard or not. Because sometimes the stick would go around the circle two or three times, and it's almost like they're they're testing the water. They're testing the, I don't know, safety. And after a few times around, what they would share would change considerably. It It's like they were testing if we were really listening or not, or if we were to interrupt them or not. And they'd start talking, and what they really wanted to say is five or six sentences in. And a lot of times in our social chit-chat, everything's such a quick and turt conversation. What, what would you say are some of the the key points in learning how to listen? Well, that's so right on. It's such a accurate characterization of what happens when somebody finds themselves actually trusting that someone's listening. As people start to open up and speak what is more vulnerable, what is more true, what is scarier to say. And that in itself is truly where the essence of intimacy is. That's where we get to really know each other. That's where we get to really meet each other, make contact and support each other. And I would say that you know, in keeping with what you just said, that the first thing to cultivate um, in the art of listening is to know when it's your turn to listen and to really choose listening rather than loading up your next comment, right? There's two ways to be in a conversation. You're either totally listening to what this person is sharing or you're you're just listening for a cue to, to load up your next comment or something they say reminds you of something that happened to you and you're kind of off in your own little storyland in your head, right, while they're still talking. And so I like to say that the first thing for people to cultivate in their relationships, in any relationship, is, a, is clarity about who's sitting in the seat of the listener and who's sitting in the seat of the one who's expressing themselves. And when you're listening... The art that we cultivate, no matter what is said, is to keep your attention on this person and, and that they are sharing their world and experience with you. Even if they're talking about you and using your name and telling you things about yourself, they're not actually telling you things about yourself. First and foremost, they're telling you about their experience and their world. And so allowing ourselves to, to let go of needing to manage another person's perception of myself and learn to turn my attention fully toward them um, and know that that's my role in this moment. And that's what the talking stick in your men's circle does so beautifully. Everybody knows who is the one who is expressing themselves. Nobody's cross-talking. Nobody's loading up their comments. They're simply listening. Some, some people may be just getting distracted and being reminded of their own trauma or their own history and going into a thought process that is not pure listening. But 
establishing that clarity of who's speaking and who's listening is, is, is primary. And what I've cultivated in my life is this awareness, a continuing capacity to be aware of when somebody's needing to be heard and just choosing to be in the role of the listener until that person feels that they're heard. And there are so many different layers to listen at. Right, Les? I mean... Right, oh, sure. So we can listen listen to somebody's story and get real caught up in the characters and what they're doing and what's going to happen next and who did what and who who was who did the worst thing and and uh and all of those kind of very typical things that we've been trained to listen for and can at the level that we're trained to connect at which is being on this person's side and hearing their story or being critical of different aspects or elements of it we could we're often especially as men right we're trained to listen for figuring out how to fix right solve it right we're just we're just a, a strategy for fixing shit <laughs> often. And so we're just trying to figure out how to fix this situation, which is really can be potentially damaging to the connection that's being established through the, through the, the communication process. But what I like to teach and cultivate in, the, in, in my work at Master Your Bullshit is the art of empathy as taught by Marshall Rosenberg, nonviolent communication, which is really the art of, of being with the person who's telling the story more than you're with the story they're telling. It's the art of listening to this person at the level of what are the, the universal human emotions and needs that are being expressed in what they're saying. And this is a, this is a whole new territory. It's a whole new way of listening. You're not listening for content so much. You're listening for connection. And this can be incredibly powerful because what I like to say is whether or not you really want to hear what somebody has to say, there's nothing that will lubricate somebody's ears better than being listened to. So if you, even if you just have the sort of secondary motivation of just being heard, the better you listen to somebody, the more fully you communicate to them that you heard them, under you understand them, the more likely they're going to be available to hear you. And so it's a powerful act of leadership. I teach this in my men's leadership work. I teach this in my coaching work. I teach this with my couples in the Tantra work that I do in sacred intimacy, that it is a powerful act of leadership to learn how to shut up and listen. And it's not normally associated with leadership in our very masculine-oriented, penetrative, driving, critical, forceful culture, right? Right. Well, the, the notion of it not being prominent in our culture, um, I would imagine as... Um, new people show up in your practices that they're not used to being heard. No. A lot of times, the I guess the shadow side of um, what we're talking about is like verbal diarrhea. 
And I was, I was on a business conference call, and the host of the call was talking all of her thoughts out her mouth. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so not relevant to the the purpose of the call. And so I, I, I dropped into my heart space and I said, what is this about? And the sense I got was it was a survival tactic that if she stopped and felt her feelings, she would cry a thousand tears and, and she couldn't. Um, what I'm getting at is even when people aren't telling us anything of value, perhaps in the sentences they're choosing, they're showing themselves to us. Absolutely, Les. That's the thing that we have to always keep in mind. As I said, everybody is just expressing themselves. They're wanting to be heard. They're sharing their world with us to the extent that they can. And truly being listened to is incredibly vulnerable. To have somebody actually be fully present with you is a vulnerable thing. And many people have been trained to avoid that level of vulnerability at all costs. And so everybody keeps it at a very safe level of exchange, our level of honesty. But in order to go deeper with anyone, even with our employee, even with somebody, even with the person at the, check, at the checkout counter, to cultivate relationships where we are cultivating intimacy and connection, that that's a priority for us, then we have to learn how to give and receive that beautiful gift of empathy and listening. And empathy, deep listening is a superpower, right? It is, a, it is the yin aspect of, to the yang of self-expression, right? It is, it is a, an essential component of the dynamic polarity of communication. Right. And, you know, I, I personally can say that... Um, one of the most radical experiences I've ever had with deep listening was, um, was when I believe I saved at least one man's life by listening to somebody at the right moment, being in the right place at the right time. And what happened was I had just completed hosting a week-long summer camp for families called Family Heart Camp. And it's a, it's a week-long immersion in the arts of nonviolent communication for the whole family. And so we have all these multi-generational, um, you know, gatherings and, and, and we play a bunch of games together. And then there's the open space technologies of different, um, different facilitators offering things aimed more at adults, some aimed more at children, some more intergenerational, um, all the different sort of age groups. And so I had been in this oasis of compassion and deep listening in the practice and art of empathy for a week. And I flew back to Oakland to go, um, to go home. And I ended up um, taking the BART and getting on a bus to get back up to my father's house. And I took the wrong bus. It took me out of my way. And so I had to then walk a good mile to my dad's place from where I landed on this bus. This was pre-Uber, and I didn't, didn't care to try to get a a taxi. And so I was walking home with my backpack with all my, all my toys and all my stuff on my back. And a man comes out of an alleyway. This is in a, in a, 
in uh, not a, not the safest neighborhood in Oakland, but not the least safe neighborhood either. It's kind of right on the border of of, of some of the more um, difficult areas of Oakland. Right. And a man comes out and he's wearing a hospital smock and he's got a tag on his arm and he's bruised all over his face and uh, and he he just starts talking to me and I couldn't quite understand what he wanted and so. At first, I was just engaging with him and listening to him, and pretty shortly into the conversation, he said, you know, I'm going to kill somebody today. And I said, wow, um, tell me more, brother. And he proceeded to describe an experience where he had been basically held hostage in his hotel room by a group of people, and they stole his things, and they, including his credit card, and they went and used his credit card at one of his relatives' um, uh, little little markets, little corner stores. Right. So he knew where they were, and they were going back and forth. And he said, I'm going to get a gun, and I'm going to kill them. And they had done brutal things to this man. And for over the course of the six hours that I spent sitting with this man, who I just encountered because I got on the wrong bus, I never once told him, don't do it. I never once advised him what he should or shouldn't do in that situation. I kept my attention on him. I listened and I empathized with the pain and rage and grief that was in his heart. And we cried together. And I told him how I felt about what was going on. I was very honest and real with him about my own sort of grief and shock and pain. And he just cried and he said, you saved my life today. You have saved my life. Thank you so much. I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I know it's, it's not the right thing. Right. And, and this, is the, this is the power of the art of listening. And you have to look no further than social media these days to see the, the quagmire of, that, of the opposite of, of this art of listening. Nobody's listening. Everybody wants to shout their, their uh, perspective from the rooftops. Nobody wants to really listen for what is valid and universally human and true for the values and needs underneath people's um, perspectives and, and what they're, what they're um, advocating for. And it's a dangerous cocktail that's leading us collectively in America down a path of profound division. And so there couldn't be a better time for these tools and this, this very very straightforward in a certain way um, set of practices for cultivating the art of listening because it's not something that most of us have been trained in. You know, what came to mind when you shared that story was the notion of um, creating a space. When you, when you listen to somebody, you're creating a space, you're creating a, a, a place where they can um, hang out or pause or um, because with this man, he had been in his own mind for a long time, you know, in general. And he's he's talked himself into this revenge. He's talked himself into this course of action. And 
his thoughts, his the, the thoughts in his head were untethered by himself. And then you come along and you create this space and he he capitulates or he dumps, if if you will, perhaps feelings, perhaps thoughts. It the minutiae can be nonlinear or multidimensional. And in the space that you held for him over those many hours, he capitulated the the motivation, if you will. And to to take that and and see it for what it is as an example, and then you look at um couples that just argue without going deeper, that uh, I like what you said, loading up your next comment while you're listening. You're putting your next round in the chamber while they're firing away, and there's no real connection. But from you taking the right bus, and being in the right place at the right time, you just create a space, and then he has he has a new outcome because of that interaction with you. And how many people, men or women, are watching the the upheaval of what is normal? the upheaval of what their plans were, their upheaval of their strategy of living, who, how many people have lost their jobs or their homes, lost their, their vehicle of commerce, like trade shows don't exist this year. Who made money on trade shows? I mean, what we're going through here in 2020 is an upheaval that none of us saw coming. And for millions of people, it's turned their idea of how they're going to live their life on its head. They've tipped the cart over. They've, they've, everything has crumbled in their hands, and they're, they're looking at their choices, and they're coming up blank. They're coming up empty. And I love that you chose the art of listening because it's it's when we're stirred so deeply that our language can be so powerful that we put words to feelings we might not have felt. Sure that the tempest of those feelings were were gurgitating, if you will, in the darker trenches of our persona. But so many people have an opportunity to heal in this storm through the art of listening. Truly. Truly, and it is the it's the ultimate slowing down. It's the ultimate 
slowing down and beginning to collaborate with your body. If you're listening to your interior, beginning to collaborate with your partner or your business partner, your child, your friend, your family member, truly in order to collaborate, to really truly work together to get our needs met. There has to be listening happening. There has to be somebody who's willing to slow down and listen. Somebody who's willing to be heard last. And like the St. Francis prayer says, let me seek more to understand than to be understood. And this is the way of the peacemaker. This is the way of those who are committed to completing the patterns and cycles that have brought us to this perilous moment together of conflict and tension and friction and division. It's the path of dissolving the enemy image of this other person who's somehow threatening our well-being, livelihood, our sense of self, our identity, and seeing their humanity and meeting them at the level of their humanity. I can't tell you how many times I've totally disarmed in, in, a, in, a, in an emotional way, not a physical way, totally disarmed people who exist having some sense of authority, um, completely disarmed people who were angry or frustrated by simply taking a breath and empathizing with them when they're expressing their frustration or their, um, or their uh, maybe criticism or their attempt to use their power over me. Deep listening is also a way to diffuse power differentials by slowing down and listening, especially people who have more power systematically, systemically, if you're in a role of authority. One of the most empowering things you can do for the people who you're managing or leading is to listen to them. Right. And, and it's just an incredible way of dissolving the roles and just coming back again and again to the vulnerable human being who is just doing their best with the resources they have available to them right now in this moment to meet their own needs, which are identical to my own. Right. Well, it's um, so many times when we, we, I mean, the notion of, of healing or being on our spiritual journey or whatnot, it's um, a lot of times we'll come out of the storm, if you will. Perhaps we're raised in an abusive household and we're finally out on our own. Dad's not beating the crap out of you every night. Right. And you get out on your own two feet and Boy, howdy, you can walk into your own place, you close the flipping door, and you're safe. You're safe. And for, for, for so many people, that is such a huge accomplishment. 
and and yet there's there's so many layers to us and i'm not discounting that accomplishment at all a homeless mother finding finding a new place again can be such an exquisite feeling of joy but to to release the torment the um trauma the imprinting the ptsd if you will i mean how many people are are working from home for the first time and there's no water cooler to go shoot the shit around and their own feelings are percolating up to the top i know um domestic issues are on the rise domestic abuse and and depression and suicides mm-hmm. and just like that man that was intending to fulfill revenge it was it was the vehicle of listening that discharged that resolve, if you will. Yeah. Yes, and it is it is again an incredible tool for the toolbox of resolving our trauma and learning how to not let our traumas be in the driver's seat of our lives, right? right? And it does require a certain level of an inner sense of safety. I think you, you really touched it beautifully. The more safe you feel in your own body, the more connected you feel to yourself and to your own sense of self. And the more you get the difference between me and my sense of self and you over there and your sense of self and your sense of me, right? Right. Um, Then the more available you are to slow down and listen. And this is, this is in a sense, this is part of why I teach every man who comes through my leadership work, my men's work, my um, authentic dating work. I work with men, um, on a pretty intimate basis to cultivate the most exquisite relationships of their lives. This is why I teach all of them the art of listening, because it is truly the new alpha, the new king, the new true masculine leader is capable of holding space for whatever is arising, for non-reactive presence. And that is cultivated in a in very practical ways, Les, right? It's not a, there's not a sort of a magic to it. And if you read enough books about it, suddenly you're going to do it. Um, as much as eloquent as our words might be today and as, as compelling as they might be, just listening to this interview might inspire you for a couple of days to, to take a few deep breaths and reflect back what you've heard. But it is truly in the trenches of the art, the practice of the art, that you start to build a reflex, a, a lived reflex of listening instead of reacting, right? Well, and that can be really scary at first. I mean, if, you're, if your family dynamic is, if anybody said stat off, the whole evening's gone to shit, and everybody's walking on eggshells, and then you, you get out of that dynamic and you get on your own, you have zero skills of going there intentionally. I mean, everybody's avoiding 
any trigger. Yeah. I mean, I mean, your skill set is the suppression. The skill set is let me survive today that I might exist tomorrow. Yeah. And then when you start to create space, even even within your own persona, or you, you go to a man's group and all of a sudden you're holding a talking stick and the only thing you can hear is crickets, you start sentencing and all of a sudden this this stuff starts percolating out of your persona and you find yourself saying stuff you've you've never verbalized. It can be intimate it can be a very overwhelming feeling to and and it the first time is probably the scariest, but the more you have the courage to to let it out, to verbalize it. The first time is scary as crap because the consequence in the past was always always fuckosis. And so to let it out and and then find out that it didn't happen this time because dad's not here. You could you could get angry and not trigger his anger and so the more you have the courage, if you will, to create a space within yourself, either by yourself or in a, a, a group of sharing, the more you um, get experience letting those feelings come up and, and learn to figure out that it's not the end of days, then, then you start building uh, a sense of self that is more anchored. Mm-hmm. In this sense of resilience and and trust of yourself, yeah, and these arts these these arts develop um, in in a certain kind of tandem, right? The yeah. art of candor, like really authentically expressing oneself, speaking one's truth, saying what is what is real and true, and the art of listening. And I like to say, you know, you talked a lot about the what I call the repressive strategy of when somebody grows up in a violent home, they learn to repress their, their truth and they learn to avoid, I call it avoidant bullshit in my system, right? We, we don't bring the thing that's going to set somebody off. We don't say the thing that's uncomfortable. We, we swallow it. We hold it. We, we put it away somewhere so that um, everybody can stay safe, right? We don't have that dangerous threatening conflict or we have the, the reactive nature which is to react, which is to get bigger and get louder and, 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 um, and defend oneself and, and, and to um, kind of win the argument, right? <laughs> and right. the art of listening, the art of listening kind of carves through both of those, the, 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 the complementary arts of deep listening and authentic candor are truly the arts of collaboration, whether the collaboration is with you and yourself, right? Getting real honest with yourself, right? speaking what's vulnerable, looking at what's vulnerable in myself and really listening to that. Or whether that's me collaborating with my intimate life partner, my wife, um, my best friends, my business partners, all of it. Right. And, you know, they, they develop together. And I like to, Consider that one of my sort of sacred callings in this world 
is to be a safe space for people to express what is vulnerable in them and to be a place where people feel deeply heard and seen and have permission to express the full spectrum of their, their truth and their reality and their experience. And, and that it's not a, there's no standard of rightness. There's no sort of moral standard for how you should express yourself in my world. When I'm listening to somebody, it's truly just this art of deep listening and deep sort of um, permission whatever wants to come out of them, whatever needs to come out of them in their process in this moment, right? And I've cultivated that over years and years because I, um, I, even now in my programs, I put people together in practice partnerships because the, uh, the practice of listening is one that we need containers for. We talked about this container at the beginning. You talked about the talking stick. That's a container where we have a set of agreements that are clear. And then we can learn to set up, we can, we can create these containers with a practice partner that says, all right, we're going to get on the phone for 45 minutes and you're going to get 15 minutes to just be the one who gets to talk. And while you're talking, I get to practice my art of listening and my skills of, of reflecting back what I'm hearing you say and making guesses about what your feelings and needs are. And then we're going to change roles, and I'm going to sit in the seat of the one who expresses himself, and you're going to sit in the seat of the listener. Right. And there's two really, really wonderful things that happen in a practice like this. Number one, I get to be heard. I get somebody to really just put their full attention on me for 15 whole minutes. And, I, and they get to, to just listen, and I get to explore what's true for me. And I get the mirror of this other person asking me these questions. Are you feeling angry? Because... You're really wanting respect and consideration. Hmm, let me check in with that. Yes. Or maybe no. I'm feeling sad because I really want connection. And so one thing that we get to do is we get to be heard, and it's nourishing. We all need empathy. It's a, it's a human need as social animals. And then the second thing we get is we get to practice the listening. We get to practice the reflex of, of just listening and then reflecting back for somebody what we're hearing them say. So they know that they're being heard because no matter what else might be going on for a human being, no matter what human needs they might have in this moment that they're expressing, if they're telling me about it, one of their needs is to be heard. And if I can't meet any of other of their needs in this moment, if I can't be a strategy for them to get any other need met, at least I can get their need for being heard met. And that goes a long way to create trust and connection. So it's a powerful practice and a powerful art. Indeed. Well, the the culture as a whole doesn't even, it's not even on their radar to do um, the deeper work, the, the, I mean, like you said, on social media, everything is, is, rapid fire and sound bites and there's no incremental um, you know when sometimes when you go to share and perhaps for the first time in your life you feel the trust of the space you can start talking about one thing and end up in a whole different topic and realize that You've never had an opportunity 
to talk about um, some of the the deeper things in your in yourself that you might not even be aware of. I mean, like in the social setting, you go to, um, just in general, you go to a bar, a, a, a game, or whatever. There's small talk, and a lot of people get um, kind of shut down. It's kind of that of trigger avoidance thing that if you start sharing um, outside of the um, <laughs> um, pocket fluff, if you will, of social bantering, that they can become uncomfortable and, and whatnot. The, I think as we progress through this, I have the needle or this this pressure point of 2020 and so many people so many people's lives have been turned on their head the the card has been tipped over and um they're really i mean many people are feeling very distraught and they don't have a viable vision of how they can traverse this this upheaval both individually and collectively the the vehicle of listening, I think, and, and you hit it right on the head when you chose it as a topic of today's show, the vehicle of listening is perhaps some of the most absent tools we've had in our collective culture. Wouldn't it be curious if you went into a a bar and you're walking down the bar and you're hearing people say, but at that moment I didn't know if I was going to be able to survive or not, and they're balling their head off and nobody's flinching. <laughs> nobody's right. head, nobody's tr- getting triggered to the point of feeling uncomfortable. Right. You know what I mean? Well, it's a, really, it's a really fascinating thing, and I've been making this observation in different aspects of this sort of fractal experience we're having of the the, the multiple layers of, of, of our collective experience. We have the global COVID situation, right, that is just obliterated normal. And then we have a, a lot of political unrest and a lot of political friction in the United States. We have, we have this um, sort of race um, work that's happening and this, this reimagining of safe communities and policing. We have people who are taking to the streets and claiming their right to feel safe in their communities from the people who are there to protect them. We have um, a burgeoning and growing awareness of how we keep our children safe in the world. We have um, so many, and then we have an election coming up. And then um, it really came home in a very specific way for me here in California as we were hit with a new round of fires. There were a thousand lightning strikes that hit the ground uh, a week and a half ago, Wow, a little over a week ago. And started 500 fires in California and our, our fire department departments, our forestry, their forest services have just been completely overwhelmed. And in my community, I have multiple friends who have lost their homes, homes that they built with their own two hands in the mountains, you know, lost, lost just about everything they had and built over 20 years, all the things. And as I sit and I listen to all that's happening, as I sit and I listen to these currents of life, one of the emerging signals that's coming out of all this noise is that we need each other, that we need each other, and that we have been 
sort of in this in this um, uh, sort of uh, mesmerization and this illusion that if the state keeps us safe and that that we can rely on the state to 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 take care of things and I think it's become clear that the state is just a bunch of people too and at the end of the day these people who have lost their homes in my community like we're they're called we're calling on each other we're taking people into our homes and saying come stay with us you know be safe can i help you evacuate your house can i get all your things out we are the ones as this as the california department of forestry is pulling back and cal fire is pulling back from these these fires we're going out there and doing the labor to cut fire lines and watch that all night long to make sure it doesn't jump the line. We're learning how to rely on each other and we're learning how to collaborate more deeply than ever before. If, if this, I like to look at these larger cultural processes like a developmental um, sort of acquisition, you might say. Right. Like we, we, we look at children and we have this sort of relatively impoverished way of looking at development in our culture and say, well, once, once a, once a, a youth is a, is a sort of tax paying adult, then they, then they, then they've completed their development process, right? They, they've made it. <laughs> and the fact is that there are, there are so many more levels of development that we can cultivate, but every developmental crisis, every new developmental acquisition is, requires a certain kind of developmental crisis that's going to challenge the old identity and require the new capacities that are emerging as a part of that new developmental sort of identity, right? And I, and I, I think that one of the core capacities that we are collectively emerging as we cycle so intensely through this loop and this echo chamber is our capacity to listen and to collaborate and to work together. And this listening is like a is like a, an essential Lego piece in the structure of how we collaborate. If you don't have the capacity to slow down and listen, then your ability to really work together and make something beautiful happen is going to be impoverished to that degree. Right. right, right. I like that. I and the notion of community where the people in my immediate proximity, you know, one mile, five mile, 10 mile radius is a, a persona, if you will, a collective persona of how we take care of each other. And we don't, we don't have an institutional kind of mindset where, you know, oh, you know, domestic services are, is going to handle that. And we, we literally open up for each other. I, I want to take a step back a little bit and look at the art of listening from a little different perspective. Mm-hmm. And I, I've used the metaphor of a bicycle, and I like it because um, for for so many of us, we're the walking wounded, and um, there's the idea of healing, of of healing of of our own persona. And if I use the bicycle metaphor, I'm fixing the bike. I'm fixing the flat tire. I'm getting the chain back on the, the on the bike. And when we look at our own persona and 
we've been the walking wounded and we're just trying to get through our day, healing, healing is the next step. And I'm, I, I'm, I want to be absolutely clear, I'm not discounting healing whatsoever. But then when we get the bike put back together or planning good enough, maybe it's missing a fender, but it works as a bike, there's riding a bike. And fixing a bike and riding a bike are totally different. And what I'm getting at here is the art of listening to ourselves, the notion of our heart and our soul. There's this this vehicle of wisdom in us. And to, to kind of find our own stature and and set our own cadence and we and we come out of the healing modality not that that ever ends but we start to become intentional creators we start to be more intentional about what we want to happen in our lives and the art of listening on a day-to-day moment-to-moment basis about checking in with our own heart, checking in with our own soul, and kind of vetting our choices. Do I really want to eat this? And do I want to spend my time here? Is this really going to serve me? We're starting to ride the bicycle, if you will, in our own life and become more of an active participant in the creation process of a life that wouldn't would fulfill us, if that makes sense. It makes beautiful sense. I really love that metaphor. And, you know, there's no going on a journey without your bike breaking down eventually. Sure. Right? Yeah. And uh, and so these, uh, these are complementary sort of paths that we're on. Right. The healing path of putting your bike back together, right? Some people sort of spend so much of their time in the garage tinkering with the bike that they never actually get on and go for a ride. Right. Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And some people just won't stop. They're literally carrying around a beat up bike. Yes. And not doing any work on it. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. Sure. And so there's a, there's that fine balance point of, of keeping your bike tuned up. Right. One of the ways that I keep my bike tuned up is I keep, um, I have relationships in my life. I have a men's group where I go to be heard, right? I have a, I have a um, containers that I've created in my life that help me to, to um, that of uh, that are safe spaces for me to get vulnerable. And I've cultivated this value. I've cultivated a community, an intimate community, a beautiful community of human beings who I interact with on a regular basis, who are all committed to the art of, of, of authenticity and radical candor, of vulnerable honesty and deep listening. And so not only do I have, as, as part of my self-care, these specific spaces devoted to that, but when I connect with a friend, you know, the question of how are you is not a, um, is not a pleasantry. When we ask that question, we want to know. And we take time to listen how this person is 
And there's something so beautiful and nourishing about that. And it's, it's what we've gotten away from as a species is this sense of intimacy and personal connection. All of, so much of our connection has become virtual. So much of our experience of the world has become transactional on some level. And to, to just um, have this built in, because, you know, a lot of people, some people who are, li- who are listening to this program right now might be asking themselves, like, why would I want to just sit there and reflect back for somebody else? Like, what's in it for me? Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and at a certain point in my life, I would have had the exact same question, right? What is in it for me? Like, God, that seems laborious. Are you kidding me? Like, I have to now go and re- say, like, say back everything somebody says? And I'll tell you, it's a process, and it takes time to, to like any art, it takes time to, to master, right? And as Marshall Rosenberg says, one of my favorite quotes of his, he says, anything worth doing is worth doing badly for a while, <laughs> right? And I love it, just human permission to do it badly. But, but once, you know, once you are really actually practicing listening, you find yourself cultivating the most precious resource that any human being can cultivate on this planet. And that is the prosperity of connection. It's the, it's the resource of co-regulation, of intimacy, of closeness with another human being. And that cannot be bought. It can't be sold. It can't be performed or faked. It can't be substituted for drugs or alcohol or work or purpose or, you know, service or any of these things. Like these, you can't substitute anything for true, meaningful connection and a sense of belonging in your life. And when we do start to lean in to more vulnerability and become a leader in our relationships, a le- leading with vulnerability, honest, vulnerable self-expression, and, and just a, a willingness and capacity and commitment to listening deeply, then we become the wealthiest kind of human being on the planet. Because there are many people on this planet that are so damn poor, all they have is their money. And, and then there's true wealth which is the wealth of human connection. And the art of listening is an essential component and um, a humbling and beautiful practice in um, cultivating that beautiful resource. When you create the space for others through listening, your heart feels connection and when your heart feels connection at the end of the day there's a, a a sense of satisfaction a sense of um fulfillment that the ego cannot emulate whatsoever and the the more you surrender to the will of your heart and allow it to do its own bidding through you as a vehicle and your ego knows how to get the hell out of the way and you you can live in that heart space as you go throughout the day 
Um, boy, you taste that Kool-Aid. <laughs> you get a glimpse of that, and there's no going back. Um, you, it's I I think going back to the notion of the bicycle that um, getting on and riding the bike, even though it's not completely fixed, translating it to the human metaphor. I mean, you can go to healing. Um, um, functions and men's groups and and whatnot, but when you turn around and you lean into the creation of your life, even though you're not totally fixed up yet, when you when you turn around and give yourself permission to daydream a vision of your life that gets you genuinely giddy, excited about what might be. To get on the bike and pedal a few a few cycles and start to feel the breeze that that can can be elixir of healing that mm-hmm. can accelerate the healing process mm-hmm. absolutely and it's it's a it's it's an act of revolution against all of the forces that have taught you that you're not worth listening to right. To really slow down and listen to yourself. To really slow down and listen to your dreams. And listen to your own longings. And not get sort of um, sidetracked or, or, or um, beaten down by the critical voice that says, well, you shouldn't want that or you're never going to get that or how are you going to do that? Like, how are you going to get there? The word how, that how question when we come into contact with dreams and visions can be one of the most devastating things to get stuck in because the moment we don't know how we get focused on not knowing how, or we get focused on trying to how right. instead of just savoring the beauty of the dream yeah. instead of affirming yes to that vision of life, to that, that meaningful vocation, that income, that relationship that we really truly want, that, that sense of health and vitality that we long for. When we get mm-hmm. stuck in, I don't know how then we lose contact with the sense of havingness that is required and the worthiness. Like, yes, you're worthy of having that. Yes, you get to listen to that dream and follow that, that impulse and thread, even if it doesn't make sense to anybody else. Right? What an act of, of self-valuing. What a precious healing power. Right. And our heart will gladly take on the the figuring figuring out how the heart can figure it out probably better than the brain can. But oh yeah, you know, and you start collaborating with spirit. You start <laughs> listening to life and, and just say, "This is what this is what I'm creating." Spirit, I don't know how I'm getting there, but I'm this is where I'm headed. <laughs> That's right. Get the hell out of it. Yep. There is lots of support out there for us if we're if we're on that journey. Oh, in the journey of the co-creator. Yeah. Collaborating with life itself. Beautiful. Well, an hour can fly by pretty fast. I want to make sure that the audience knows about your platforms, about the services you offer, how they might engage those services. So take all the time you need and and tell us about what you're up to and, and how the audience can engage your services. Oh, thank you, Les. Um, 
Well, I'll say that um, to find my my work, please check out MasterYourBullshit.com. And that's where you are going to um, find my platform. And you can connect with my list. And right off the bat, get a series of six emails in the first week that will introduce you to the very practical, salty, on-the-ground practice of becoming an exquisite listener and communicator. Um, and that's all free. That's just my gift to anybody who really is committed to this path. I'll walk you step by step through what it takes. And I do have some digital products, a, um, a 90 minute webinar that is really a process that includes a workbook where you just, just follow the steps on the journey to unpack some of the tensions that you might have in your life, some of the things that you might be struggling with and conversations you might be avoiding and really get grounded in some um, integral, impeccable, honest, vulnerable, empathetic ways to start to, um, to do something different. Um, I have some resources for couples, um, helping couples to reimagine their relationships and create new agreements on how to communicate and how to, how to, get your needs met together. And then um, I also do one-on-one coaching work with men, with women, and with couples to support um, each of my clients in just unraveling the tension and the resistance to being as beautiful as you actually are, as powerful and creative and potent as you actually are. And really relaxing into your effortless essence um, to, to live your life from a place of, of joy and vision and um, your values. And then I'm also involved in, in collaboration. I have, um, I have a, a group of guys who I run men's leadership work with, and we're just in the process of rebranding from the brotherhood community to the Rising King movement. And this work is for men who want to lead more fully in their lives. And we have um, live intensive leadership work that we run with intimate groups of men going really deep into our, um, the stuff that's holding us back, our shadows, our trauma, our patterns, um, our limiting beliefs, and our mistrust of other men, our fear of other men. And we really learn how to become allies Kings and allies, not competing for resources, kingdom to kingdom, but but collaborating together to create the most beautiful, sustainable, equitable world that we can imagine together um, in our relationships and in our um, in our purpose everywhere. And then we also have an, uh, a, a virtual program called the Authentic Dating Secrets, and that's another intimate journey of a group of men over the course of three months, really anchoring into our sovereignty as men and learning how to reclaim our, our potent polarity, masculine potency, while also cultivating the exquisite art of being a listener and learning how to be attuned, learning how to cultivate um, relationships based on intimacy and vulnerability and honesty, while also holding boundaries and having terms as a man about what your values are and how you conduct yourself and what you stand for. And it's just a powerful program for evolving men's capacity to call in and cultivate 
the most exquisite relationship they can imagine. So those are some of the offerings that I make. And once people have experienced some of my digital offerings, then they're um, also able to come into the deeper dojo, which is a program that I run. It's a virtual program twice a month. And it's a dojo of alchemical intimacy. It's a place where we get together to practice these arts, to, to come together and do some learning around what projection bullshit is and, and, and really start to unpack where I'm doing that in my life to my own detriment and to others' detriment and starting to work with another yeah. person and yeah. get into dyads and small groups to, to practice doing something different, expressing myself more vulnerably or to cultivate the art of listening. So these are all resources that I'm just joy, overjoyed to be offering in the world because not only is it just really fun for me and it's what I love, but I see the incredible impact it has on the people who embrace these tools and commit themselves to a path to self-mastery, to mastering their bullshit and of claiming, claiming true creatorship in their lives. Well, very nice. Um, well, we're pretty much out of time, but Joshua, I want to thank you for such a delightful conversation. I very much have enjoyed this episode. Mm, me too, Les. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I feel a lot of um, sort of shared shared reality, shared values, shared insight here around um, how important this art of listening is and what makes a meaningful relationship. And I really appreciate how attuned you are to the journey that many people are on from significant trauma that has not just prevented them from having amazing relationships, but has landed them in some pretty abusive relationships probably, right? right. Really honoring the path that many people are on, just getting out yeah. of the cycle yeah. of, of abuse and self-abuse, right? And so thanks for being a stand for that in the world and speaking to those people and having an audience that's diverse and, and doing their work on so many levels. Well, thank you for those kind words. We've been talking with Joshua Hathaway, and the topic tonight has been the art of listening. What a great conversation. It was uh, so delightful to hear that episode again. For you, the listener, 2020 has changed your life, I'm sure. <laughs> 2020 has knocked on your door in one way or another, and uh, it seems like all of humanity is hearing the the winds of change blowing through the the hood. It's uh, I I suggest it's an extremely powerful time in our lives because what was mundane, what was off the radar what wasn't even in our psyche or our dialogue or our conversation has kind of been pushed up in our face. And to to step forward, to step out, to step into that creative um, initiation of possibilities for yourself and then and the initiation of even new chapters or new possibilities of what your life might be that perhaps you've never entertained before in your life. I think as deeply as the corona 
um, paradigm is, is tugged on our innermost selves in, on so many levels, it's really an opportunity to, to awaken a, a deeper part of the, the art of riding a bike, the art of riding our life, the art of, of the toning down our ego's consumption of our consciousness and opening up vast tracts of silence where our heart and our soul can have the stage un, untethered by a busy or an interruptive ego. It's my pleasure to create opportunities like this show tonight. Joshua really brought such a a passion that he has for for the gifts, the art of listening, and he embodied that so beautifully tonight in the in the conversation. If you're looking to up your game, I wrote a book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, and it teaches your ego how to <laughs> how to uh, play well with your heart and your soul, how to not get in the way, how to let go and trust. And it's not an obvious thing because the, the power of the soul is so vast and the passion of the heart can burn in a way that can be intimidating. But if you can teach your ego how to step out and create the space for your heart and soul to express untethered, <laughs> you'll probably want to get some chaps and some glows, and it's going to get rodeo on you in, in a really good way. Hey, I want to thank you, the listener, this is why we do it is is for you. I'm so glad you chose to spend this time with us. Uh, um, I love bringing episodes like Joshua's to you. As always, uh, it's my pleasure. We're out of time. I want to thank you for for sharing this time. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.